And, and oh, even more so the fact that William Shatner is Avril Lavigne's dad. Yeah. <laughs> like that's maybe the fun. That has nothing to do with the actual story. That's maybe the funniest thing about this movie to me. <laughs> people what they want hey everybody welcome back to the we don't watch everything podcast oh we're really just getting into this (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) this is a podcast for entertainment about entertainment we're going to talk about some entertainment tonight a whole bunch of entertainment hope you're ready hope you're buckled up we have a smorgasbord of things that really have nothing to do with each other that we've loosely roped together um Starting with a very entertaining trailer that we just watched. We didn't even get to talk to each other. We didn't even get to People want to know how we're doing, Ben. How are you? How's your week been? (laughs) My week's great because I'm recording a podcast with you. Our lives aren't just podcasts, Ben. (laughs) No, that's what makes my week great. Aw, it makes my week great too, buddy. How are you doing? I'm okay. Okay. I haven't been sleeping great, but Hmm. I'm feeling all right. It's a late night, so hopefully I make it through this. I I think I'll be all right, though. Well, on that fun note. (laughs) Okay, fine. Just get into the pod, I guess. I guess that's why we're here. Um, Well, I need to turn to you for this because you literally told me the title of this movie like a minute ago and I already forgot what it is. But what was the trailer? Oh, the trailer. I was like, karate? (laughs) Uh, No. um, uh, We got an exciting trailer from the Marvel Universe uh, this week. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's the type. That's that, yeah, the, that's right. it's over there. <laughs> you can keep going. Um, very interesting. One of the next installments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, always interesting to see what directions they go. Um, you were a big fan of this trailer. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I mean, mainly I'm excited that. I mean, at least not shown in the trailer. There's no like MCU like tie-ins. Like this is strictly like this mm-hmm. character's origin story. And to be fair, I don't know anything about this character. Well, I it's been a while since we've had a like just straight origin story. Yeah, we've been so bogged down with the whole connection of the Avengers and everything. We mm-hmm. haven't had a new person. I mean, even Spider-Man didn't get an origin story. He just kind of got thrown right in there, mm-hmm. which was for that character was kind of relieving because we had had two right origins in our lifetime. But yeah, the trailer's a lot of fun. Um, great. It looks like a lot of like a lot of traditional martial arts type movie influences will be had. Um, but I don't really know much about this character, so I'm kind of just excited for more yeah. action Marvel movie stuff like that. It feels very fresh, very. And apparently they're bringing. So do you remember the Mandalorian or <laughs> the Mandarin? I'm sorry from uh, uh, Iron Man three. Yes. So he was a really bad character the in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So the Mandarin is supposed to be the bad guy in Shang in Shang Chi. Okay. And apparently okay. it's like the real Mandarin, which like is like I said, don't know a lot about this guy. I don't know a lot about the Mandarin either. But all I do know is that I can read how excited comic book fans are for this movie, <laughs> and, that's and they're good, freaking that's a good hyped. Measure. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you see the razor fist guy in the trailer? Uh, I, he doesn't have hands. He just, <laughs> he has he has those blades for hands. I'm jealous. He looks a, <laughs> he looks a lot more silly in the comic books from the pictures I saw. But I think he'll be an intimidating foe to say the least. No, this this trailer looked unbelievable. Like if nothing else, it just looks like the visual effects are amazing for the CGI 
real action blend. You, you're mm-hmm. kind of mixing the traditional martial arts stuff with the big spectacle of a big Marvel movie, and I trust them fully to handle oh, yeah. to handle it well. I I don't know much about this movie, but I'm already I'm already excited for it to say the least. I will say now that we discussed two separate orders for how to discuss the three things we wanted to talk about, and neither of those orders had Shang Chi going first. <laughs> <laughs> Shang Chi was the middle option. Improvise. For, so, <laughs> so I'm a little caught off guard. But wh- what were you leading? What do you want to talk about? Is that all you want to say about Shang Chi? That, that's all I got. I, I don't really have a ton to say about it either. Besides, just more content. Always put fun. Too much onto a trailer. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we can just be excited for it though because. Segwaying into the next topic of Falcon and Winter Soldier. It is Thursday night. It is April 22nd, Thursday night. We are roughly three hours away from the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier dropping. And holy cow, am I excited. Are you? Yeah, are you? <laughs> uh, you big admittedly, dumb idiot? admittedly, I am a bit behind. Uh, <laughs> I am... <laughs> I am uh, I've only seen the first two episodes, so... My computer just died. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it died at the audacity of me not being caught up with Even... Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Get me um, out of this world. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll finish it at some point. It's a, it's a really short series, isn't it? There's not very many it, The finale episodes. will be the sixth episode. Right. So it's not some big, long... Like, honestly... You could get caught up tomorrow. Like, it wouldn't yeah. be that, like, weird. It would yeah. just be like watching a movie, basically. I really liked what I've seen so far. It's just one of those things I kind of got bogged down with other things and didn't get caught up with it. But what are your thoughts? You said you're very excited for this to wrap up. This show's fantastic. It is so well done. The characters are so intriguing. Like, going into it, Falcon, um, Sam, isn't... He's not maybe the most exciting character on paper in the Marvel Universe, but he is written so fantastically. Is that a word? Fantastic. I think so. We'll go. With He's that. such a fantastic it's a word character. Now. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a fantastic character. I just care so much about his storyline and what's going on with him. I at first I didn't really care about like the boat and stuff like that. But it really grew on me. Um, they give you a villain, not a villain, but like a a conflicted character that you can like, you really just like, Oh, I hate this guy, mm-hmm. but he, he, he's so good at it. Um, and John Walker. Um, uh, so that's great. Um, it's asking a lot of really interesting questions that I don't think the MCU, we would have ever expected the MCU to get into. Like it's asking questions about race and like, should a black man be proud to be captain America, despite the history of black people in the country. And, Maybe it's not about that. It's about just does Sam want to be Captain America? Like, and I won't spoil anything since you're so far behind. But um, sorry, yeah. And the way the fourth episode ends. So I'm, I've always been, especially in the age of streaming and streaming sites dropping all of the episodes at once. I've been pretty supportive of shows that want to do like the one episode a week thing, like The Mandalorian. WandaVision, like, you know, all other shows that have done that, The Boys even. I've been very supportive of that. After the fourth episode ended, I was just so pissed. I couldn't watch the next two episodes. (laughs) I was like, I couldn't, like, I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, I gotta watch this. That's the only experience I've had where I've just been like, whoa, 
oh, I need to see this, like, since maybe Lost was on TV that I felt this so badly. It's interesting you bring that up, um, because I've taken similar flack. I watched the most recent season of The Mandalorian fairly out of pace. Like, mm-hmm. um, not, like, completely waiting for the all the episodes to drop, but usually I would, it would be a point where I could watch more than one episode back-to-back. And I felt like, even though I had to, like, I wouldn't say suffer, but kind of had to wait a little bit longer, mm-hmm. it's still, you had that satisfaction of leading one into the other. And that, that's just another interesting way to watch those. Um, but Which, don't you think that in the terms of streaming sites, wouldn't it make more sense for streaming sites to do weekly episodes? Yeah, I mean, because then people have to keep coming back. Like, you have to stay subscribed, and yeah. you have to pay that monthly fee to get the whole season. Like, some, like for a show like Falcon and Winter Soldier, if you just want to pay, like, one month and bust out the get, whole season... Get, get, a, get a free, like, a free trial for crying yeah. out loud, and you can knock out a couple shows you want to see and exactly. drop it. Yeah. But if the show's coming out, and it's coming out over the course of two to three months, that's just locking people in for even longer. I, I just feel like it makes more sense, and I've been a fan of... Like Amazon Prime does it, mm-hmm. and now Disney Plus is big on it too. There's one I don't. We don't have to talk about Invincible, the Amazon Prime animated cart animated cartoon mm-hmm. uh, superhero superhero <laughs> show. I've been enjoying that, and that's only that's coming out weekly. But I kind of watch it sporadically, like I don't like wait around. But I honestly like. I don't think I will, but there's like a decent chance after we finish up, I might just stay up and watch Falcon <laughs> Winter Soldier as soon as it drops. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be at that point, too, if I was caught up. But um, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it when it finally finishes up. And, and then two weeks later when you finish it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sack of crap. <laughs> I have been called worse. <laughs> Not on this show. You may be called worse later today. <laughs> oh, depends on uh, how much we differ on over-the-hedge opinions. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Pretty sure it's going to be in the title of this episode, but um, well, you well, never let me help with that, so <laughs> I can't say. What's next, Ben? What have you um, been watching lately? Not Weiwa, just not Weiwa. Not Weiwa. We'll have Weiwa. Do we have a Weiwa? I have Weiwa. You have, okay? I, thank have, God. I, have, I didn't have anything. <laughs> uh, Weiwa is just us saying "uh" for like ten minutes, <laughs> which is basically what this show is anyway. We do say it a lot. <laughs> I, um, I wish you guys could see, like, <laughs> when Ben laughs like that, and he just kind of sounds like a tea kettle. His shoulders just come up, and he just, he looks so adorable. Now I'm going to be self-conscious about the way I laugh. <laughs> you should be. That sound you make when you're happy, it's pretty dumb, Ben. <laughs> Get over yourself. I'm just never going to laugh again. Never going to laugh again. <laughs> the way I laugh <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was obnoxious. Okay, Ben. What, what have you been really watching messed up lately? The order of what we were going to talk about, like completely we're, just screwed we, it up. We were going to talk about the Shang Chi movie in relation to martial arts and karate, which leads into this. But we instead put Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the middle. You, I, you did. I didn't do this. You started talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's what we were leading into from Shang Chi. We, could, we, were, we couldn't go. We couldn't, anyway, we couldn't go Marvel karate. Anyway, Marvel. Did, we did have a roadmap of how this was going to go, but it, and as usual, Ben screwed it up. 
Just talk about it, okay? <laughs> okay, um, so Ben's been watching the Karate Kid movies. Yeah, so, so as background, Phil has uh, been enjoying Cobra Kai lately. Ben, I enjoy binging. I've I watched all three seasons of Cobra Kai in four days, <laughs> and uh, big fan of the Karate Kid movie, the original one that I am. I'm like, well, I want to watch that eventually, but I understand it makes a lot more sense if you finish out the original movies first, mm-hmm. which I have not done. I had only ever seen the first one. Which is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. See our sports movie episode where we also talk about Karate Kid in the context of a sports movie. Anyway. Which it is a great one. It is. Um, I went back and I watched the back-to-back nights. I watched the first one over again, which is always a classic. And then watched the second one, which I had never seen before. Isn't it wild? It's. It was off the chain. I, I don't... It's I just re- like, they're in China now? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't remember exactly what I sent you, but I finished it. I'm like, dude, this movie is just bonkers. <laughs> like, Live or die, man. <laughs> the first one is just so like straightforward. Like It's very well made and well crafted, but it's simple. The second one, they're just like, we're just going to throw all of this crap at the wall. And it's going to work. Because <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen the second one, but what I remember of it is that it's wild. It's way more out of left field than the first one was like it's much yes. less realistic that this happens and like, there's a literal like teenagers fighting to the death like <laughs> that's but but what stayed true about it was the relationship between mr miyagi and daniel-san right and building on that and building on the martial arts just it kept it what it was even in like a ridiculous like story well see and i admire what they did because the first movie is obviously about daniel Mm-hmm. And me, me, Mr. Miyagi's just like the mentor, but like they, I really admire the fact that they didn't just rehash the same type of plot for the second movie mm-hmm. and make it something about a battle with Daniel and he's got to train for a fight or whatever. They just dig way deeper into Miyagi's backstory. Go back to Okinawa where he's from, um, and it's it is. I would say it's the Mr. Miyagi movie. Daniel's mm-hmm. plays more of the supporter role, mm-hmm. even though for some reason he ends up being the one in the giant duel at the end which you can see it leading to a little bit i was like at some point he and what's his name chosen chosen, chosen. Ang- angry guy chosen, chosen. like with a I, z. I chose this like chosen with mm-hmm. a z instead of an s they're gonna end up fighting um and you could see the hints of that all along but it was, it was refreshing to get that different take i the the chemistry between uh ralph macchio and was it pat morita is that who plays mr miyagi i don't remember i his probably name. mispronouncing that it's you disrespect, you disrespect my dojo. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but their chemistry is just insane. And considering like the age difference and like the cultural difference, it's like it's so impressive. And they really play that up in the second movie. Um, I also just love how how wild everything is. Like <laughs> the they just go. Do you remember the Elphis dance that they go to? Mm-hmm. It's like it felt like a different movie for about two minutes. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> like okay. Um, and then the scene where he breaks the ice in like the uh-huh. club, it was, it was like almost comedic leading up to it. It's like, they walk into the club and they like, like, Oh, okay. I, I can do that. And then chosen shows up and then Miyagi shows up and then Sato shows up. It's like comedic. Cause like, how are they all showing up at this one spot at the same time? <laughs> like I just, I was just dying laughing, but it, the movie just does not care. <laughs> It knows what it is. I love it. <laughs> I will say the ice from that movie is referenced in Cobra Kai twice. Okay. In okay. both times, it's satisfying. Looking forward to it. 
Dude, Cobra Kai's nuts. <laughs> it's it honestly might be the greatest show ever. Oh wow. It's so good. You've been watching it for like a week. <laughs> I watched it all in a week. I've never binged a show like I binged Cobra Kai. Th- this isn't similar to Ben Hype from Attack the Block, is it? N- no, it's not the greatest show of all time. It's it's if you're a karate kid fan, it is the most bingeable show of all time. Okay. As okay. As, as I have exampled. It, it Phil's making new words up left and right tonight. I, I has I have been example too. How about that? We'll roll with. Sorry, Miss Malcolm, <laughs> Mrs. Malcolm. But it is it's so obviously John. It's Johnny and Danielson, mm-hmm. and they're much older. And I love it just because it it just it plays out exactly like it should have like their whole lives. It's like yeah, like Danielson became a successful car owner, like. A car dealership owner and has a has a beautiful wife, happy family, couple kids. One of the kids is interested in karate, one of them isn't. That kid's the one kid's kind of annoying. But he got recasted too. Let me guess. I don't want to get into spoilers here because I'm gonna watch it eventually, but Johnny's life just got completely ruined by that one moment of losing. Yeah, he's he's a bum. <laughs> he. <laughs> He, the opening scene introducing him is him making like getting up and making breakfast. I kid you not. He just takes three slices of ham out of a cold cut packet and just puts it on a pan and eats them <laughs> up. And then just dips them in ketchup and eats them. I was like, this is exactly what some <laughs> bum like this guy would be doing. I also love in, in the second Karate Kid movie, it has absolutely nothing to do. Really, it almost has almost nothing to do with what happens in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like... You could like just plot wise, you could really just watch it as its own thing, um, but they 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 like tie it in with the final scene with like the final duel or whatever from the first movie, and like in the parking lot and the angry te- angry teacher from uh is it is it Cobra Kai the yeah John Kreese yeah yeah and he's like literally like choking like trying to kill tries Johnny, to kill Johnny for yeah. losing <laughs> and Miyagi goes and just like shows him up. Um, which is great. That's but, the yeah, scene when he punches, like Miyagi dodges he, and he punches, he punches through the window. In the window yeah. yeah, that scene is also referenced quite a few times. I'm it's sure. an, it's an important scene in Cobra Kai. Last thing, I, I noticed several amazing things that I haven't seen that I haven't noticed about the first Karate Kid movie. Um, I could probably talk all night about that, but I just I I love so much. I, I talked about this in the sports episode, but the the last scene when uh, Johnny and Daniel are fighting and the kid in the background is just yelling, get him a body bag. Get him a body bag. <laughs> and the face he's making. And he looks, it's even funnier that he looks like a young Luke Skywalker. I'm pretty sure that kid is in Cobra Kai too. <laughs> oh, I, I think yes. a bunch of the original Cobra Kai guys come back as adults <laughs> and it's like actually the same actor. It's I love that. One of them became a pastor. <laughs> but that's the kid who... Uh, um, I, I keep forgetting his name. The teacher, he makes him... Like, oh, John Kreese. Yeah, he makes him injure Daniel on purpose. Mm-hmm. He's the the fight before. I, that's the, that yeah, is the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's just in the background when, when Johnny's like beating him. He's like, get him a body bag. <laughs> and that's the best, best acting job I've ever seen. But apparently... <laughs> The season four of Cobra Kai should be coming out late 2021. There's no official date, but okay. 
I don't do this often, but the first day that it is available for streaming, I will be watching it. All right. Probably all of it. I'll hopefully be caught up by then, and I'll be right there with you. You know, at your pace, you might be done with the third or fourth movie by then. Okay. Do, do we count the... Do you count the Jackie Chan, uh, Will, uh, Jaden Smith movie as a Karate Kid? Yeah, movie? it has enough of the same DNA and it plays. A, it, it's very respectful of it and mm-hmm. does its own twist on it. It has like the authenticity to it, but I don't. Cons- I'm not watching it as part of this arc. Honestly, I wish they hadn't made it and they had just explored the option of like a Mr. Miyagi TV show <laughs> with Jackie Chan. Okay. And Jackie Chan had just played a young Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, because it sounds like he, well. They could still do it. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan's still kicking. Because. Literally. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Miyagi had an interesting life by the sounds of it. I love how it was just this mysterious enigma in the first movie. He gets even more mysterious in Cobra Kai. Oh, okay. For better or worse, I don't know. Cannot wait. But before you spoil the whole Cobra Kai series for me. I haven't spoiled should, anything. Except that uh, Johnny makes cold cut ham for breakfast. It's literally in the first scene. Hmm. That's right. not a spoiler. Well, I do plan on scene. watching Karate Kid 3 soon. I have no idea what to expect. I didn't know what to expect from the second one. I did not read the back of the box. I did not look up anything on it. I was I had no idea what was going to happen in it. Oh, man. And I just watched it. I have tissues nearby. For is the third all, one? Is all I'll say. Okay. Okay. But... With that, I suppose we should maybe take a music break and get ready for the main <laughs> event. Welcome back, everybody, to the We Don't Watch Everything podcast. We are all ready for our next segment. We our have, main event. We have a floodlight by request. As a reminder to all of our listeners, if you have a movie or a show or any piece of entertainment, we don't discriminate, that we that you would like floodlighted, let us know. Tweet at us at we don't watch Eve one. We got to change that. <laughs> also, if you are a fan of the pod and you think there's a certain any of the special guests we've had that you want on for the floodlight also request them i'm sure we can get them we've you think we can get back the two people that we've had on it's an evolving situation (laughs) (laughs) what are we floodlighting today Um, today by request of uh fan brandon rojas we are floodlighting over the hedge over the hedge over the hedge uh Deep cut, if you will, realizing just how old this movie actually is. Uh, is it older or younger than Hoodwink? It's 2006, so it's actually, I think, a bit newer. Because Hoodwinked know. was a 2005, I want to say. I wish my computer hadn't died. Jeez, <laughs> HP, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, the... Yeah, uh, over, Hoodwink 2005, Over the Hedge 2006. Right. So same same time period, so um, not comparable to Hoodwinked. But we are continuing <laughs> the trend of early 2000s animated films yes. for to, to be clear, we don't only have to floodlight these movies. It's, it's just, just kind of what's, what's happened. Come into place, uh, two of them by request. So um, I know I have some thoughts on this movie. I'm well, a- I hope so. we got to talk about it for like <laughs> half an hour. What, <laughs> what did you think? of Over the Hedge on your rewatch of it. So, 
this was the first this week was the first time i'd watched it since i was a little kid and mm. it came out because i i do specifically remember seeing this movie in theaters and as a kid i just remember this movie being hilarious yep. and like the the dog saying play like play play mm. if that was probably what i thought was like the funniest thing ever as a child yeah that was the just the creme de la creme of comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I latched onto that joke so much, but like that was that was the one part I always remembered from that movie. Yep. The play, play. Well, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, I think time is a very interesting thing, and in that I remembered all of the parts in this movie that I just died laughing at mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was younger. When I watched this movie this week uh, in preparation for this episode, I don't know if I laughed in the first hour of the movie. Yeah. Here's my take. I think it was a comedy movie that was written. You know how Pixar movies will try to throw in a joke here or there for like the adults that have to watch it? Yes. This movie felt like they were really trying too hard to make it for the adults that would be taking their kids to this movie. Mm. If that makes sense. A little bit, yeah. Like, they try a little too hard to make it appeal to the older generation, so it it doesn't necessarily, like, really appeal to either. <laughs> well, well, that's interesting, because I remember absolutely just... I, I remember only seeing this movie maybe I, two or three times. I suppose I am not a little kid anymore. Yeah. So but I, I, no, I, I love this movie. I laughed so much. I remember. I've, I This isn't one I have particularly strong memories with, I should say. I wouldn't consider it like a classic. It's not one that, I, like when I when we decided to floodlight it, I wasn't like I didn't have any particularly strong, like memories or things in my mind that came up. It was like I hear you. I'm gonna have to really rewatch this to see what I think <laughs> yeah, of it. I rewatched it twice. I remember laughing at it, but like, <laughs> there's, it, I don't. I just I don't know. It didn't. It didn't give me any strong reaction. I watched it and it was a movie and then it ended. <laughs> <laughs> the School of Film by School Ben of Jones. Film. <laughs> um for compared to Hoodwinked being of the same era, the animation was much better. You could tell there was much yeah. more money behind it. Uh-huh. Despite the fact that you could say the like star power was comparable in each of the movies. Between I would say, I mean, this this movie had a bigger ensemble. Should, but, should we talk about the cast? I think that's yeah, maybe that's the most pro- that's the easiest way to it. get into it. Um, okay, what was the raccoon's name? Uh, Hammy. No, that's the RJ. squirrel. That's, <laughs> Hammy, RJ. Hammy RJ. Was the squirrel. RJ. So yeah. RJ was played by Bruce Willis. Yep. And I want to talk about this first because I was right. Uh, upon rewatching this movie, I was like. Wow, I don't think this role was written for Bruce Willis. I think they had another actor in mind. Seems like an interesting choice, yeah. And the whole time I was just like, man, this movie would probably be funnier if Bill Murray was RJ. <laughs> I was like, I, like all the lines, they're just like so like satirical and like kind of a deadpan way. I was like, this movie, this role was definitely written for Bill Murray. Right. I Googled it before we started. It in fact was written for Bill Murray. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't take it, but it ended up being Bruce Willis. Because mm. I was just thinking the whole time, man, like Bruce Willis is really doing a pretty decent Bill Murray impression right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think Bill Murray would have brought like a likableness to it, sort of like because like he's 
the main character RJ is he's like a schmoozer and he's like he's a dirtbag. He's a dirtbag, yeah. And like he like comes around at the end obviously and like has an arc, but he's someone who like he's doing all of these like shady things but you would expect the character like the actor voice actor or whatever to like endear you a little bit more mm-hmm. i didn't really get that out of this i never really not a bruce willis fan not i wouldn't say that it's just he wasn't really a fit for the lead role of this movie um and I, that's kind of a bigger problem is i couldn't i wouldn't really find myself rooting for anyone in this movie there's no one you could latch on to and like um I like the cookie. <laughs> you don't like Hammy? <laughs> well, I like Hammy, but he wasn't definitely was not the main character. He didn't have any of the. He was just kind of a side piece that. That saved the day. He saved the day, but he didn't have the arc. That I hear you. Um, he found his nuts though. For. He did find his nuts. That's an arc. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's funny. I remember also because that's the big final kicker of the movie. That's the big uh-huh. last line. I remember just exploding in laughter with the rest of the theater when that happened. I'm like. Wait, what? <laughs> Why was this the big, the big home run line at the end? I Did don't you know. stick around for the post credit scene? There's a post credit scene. There is a post credit oh, no. scene. <laughs> there, after the credits, there is a scene where all of the f- the family, so RJ and all of the other animals, mm-hmm. are at the vending machine he was at at the beginning, and they're able to get all of the snacks in the vending machine to fall to the bottom. So it's empty up top. All the snacks are at the bottom, and they're all cheering. And then they go to open it, and it's too full, so they can't. <laughs> they can't open it. <laughs> but I do appreciate the opening scene of the movie when RJ is trying to get the uh-huh. the chips out of the vending machine, and like how they like it's this perfectly human scenario, but it's a raccoon having the exact same problem. Yeah. It, like it gets stuck, and you can't get it. Like that's funny. I like that. Uh-huh. Which leads nicely into. I mean, this movie is. Honestly, I found it more fascinating than funny. Mm-hmm. It it's like a, a fun look at human food consumption, but then like from a completely alien perspective. Yeah, just like yeah. I wonder, like, what do animals That's think about what we eat? Like coming from a raccoon who literally gets whatever we leave behind. Mm-hmm. Like they'll eat the trash, which was also a weird like back and forth in this movie. Of, like he's eating all of the new food but and they, they eat trash, trash in like trash one too. scene. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Like, what does this guy want? Yeah. <laughs> he just wants know. to eat. <laughs> no, that was funny. The whole like critique they have of like human food culture, I guess you could say. And like just what it looks like. It's the same thing as if you, if like people who have no idea what our society like is now in like 500 years, look back like what we leave behind and like, they would probably have a completely different idea of like who we are and what we do. And like a completely different interpretation. Like that's mm-hmm. the same thing as like these animals looking in and like none of it makes sense. Um, like by their perspective, literally everything we do is built around food. Well, because from an animal perspective, it everything is. they do is about yeah. food. So yeah. it's natural that like our phones are just a voice for food mm-hmm. and our we're couch potato. I don't know. But, but the irony is, is that the humans are much like dumber and simplistic than the animals are. The animals have all these schemes to like figure out how to steal it where the humans do end up being very unable to adapt and like understand what the animals are doing. So there's some fun irony that happens there, but um, it, it, it's just, it's laced with too many like one liners and scenarios that are supposed to be references to classic cinema. Yeah. It, it, Stella. It, 
Even Citizen Kane gets a shout out. It does. It does. Which again, if you're going, I don't know who your audience is. If you're an eight year old's not going to understand. That's that. one. That was one for the boys. Yeah. <laughs> the adults. Avril Lavigne is in this movie. That, I, we're gonna, I was going to bring that up. Just go down the cast list. That, that just made me laugh when I saw that. And, and, <laughs> oh, even more so the fact that William Shatner is Avril Lavigne's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's maybe the fun. That has nothing to do with the actual story. That's maybe the funniest thing about this movie to me. <laughs> I, I'm a big, um, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but massive Star Trek fan. Um, wouldn't say I'm a William Shatner fan, but he's a big part of Star Trek. But just his, him being Avril Lavigne's father is, and he was just me. so theatrical. But the whole he's time. Yeah, he, because that that's William Shatner, just over dramatic, overacting, and they play into that so well. You lay down and die, <laughs> <laughs> and she's just completely embarrassed. <laughs> so that that was that was fun. Um, Steve Carell, who I like the cookies. <laughs> I, I do I love I like Hammy as a character. He was every, he really shines. It was probably the most impressive voice acting yes, performance. Yeah, because it didn't necessarily just sound like Steve Carell. Like no, it, doing it took it a little while for me to realize like that's holy crap, that's Steve Carell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Hammy was kind of the fun side character. The, the part where he uh, he drinks like the energy drink and he's just like <laughs> in a different dimension than everyone else because he's moving so fast. That, that that's funny. I was trying to think. I, the scene where he's like walking around the lasers and he's yeah the 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 super speed trope. I don't like was this this was one of the this had to have been one of the first times we'd seen that because there's definitely way before any superhero like X Men mm-hmm. example of it. Yeah, it's a fun. It was, uh, that was fun. Very creative. <laughs> and he has some fun uh, one liners. He's just so happy go lucky and he. Very naive. He calls the hedge Steve, too. Yeah, yeah, the great and powerful Steve. (laughs) Nice little shout-out to himself. Yeah. Um, Wanda Sykes is pretty good as Stella. She's a fun You're a cat. (laughs) That was my favorite one. The thing is, they they made... They didn't really give their side characters a lot to do, I felt like. I felt like they are pretty underused. Except for the little hedgehogs. Those guys got their use. that, That was fun moment just the part that the part where they say they're playing um what's i forget what the game is called but like the the parallel to like grand theft auto oh yeah like, yeah well, like, i forget what it's called it starts with murder i'm pretty it's like, sure it's like yeah like murder danger auto 4 or something yeah like that. <laughs> it's pretty close <laughs> and like no we know how to drive we've been playing murder danger auto <laughs> they're driving the exterminator banner. <laughs> that's I, I laughed at that scene um I can pretty much count the scenes where I like openly laughed on one hand, though, which is kind of, kind of a bummer. But yeah. I don't know if you had the same reaction to it. I definitely it. I definitely didn't laugh nearly as much as I did during rewatching of Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not even hoodwinked. Hoodwinked, I still thought was probably a little funny. Hoodwinked is so dang weird. It's like it's, you're, you're, you almost even have if to you're laugh. Not, even if you're not laughing at the actual jokes, which there are plenty of, uh-huh. that still carry well to this day but just you're like this is like so like out there like you're laughing at that this was our this is our first floodlight without patrick warburton crazy i can't believe he's not in this movie yeah if if i if i dig deep enough down this cast list i feel like i'm gonna find him but so now we gotta add to the jason seagal thing which where's the role for jason seagal and where's the role for patrick warburton 
Patrick Warburton could have been the exterminator guy. I, I was like. thinking that too. Yeah. He, he would have been he had, he had a big enough role, um, but still not like this complete star mm-hmm. of it. I feel like he would have done really well. I agree. That's what I was thinking for him too. I'll, I'll defer to you on Jason Segal. Well, so when I do the Jason Segal thing, I usually like to not just put him in a role. I like to make a new role for him. Mm-hmm. So my favorite one I've ever done was like, so what would Jason Segal have been in The Dark Knight? He would have been the defense attorney that had to try and get all those mobsters off. And that would just been hilarious. <laughs> but I don't know if I have one for this yet. So like, I probably what, what shouldn't have brought it What would you add to this movie, like, period? Like, it's just not, like, a huge story, honestly. I have trouble, I have trouble seeing, like, where you would insert another character in. Considering they just did so little with who they had. You could have added like an apathetic animal to the family, mm-hmm. like so. Uh, Vern, yeah, Vern the, the turtle. turtle. He didn't want to do it because he was opposed to it, but everyone else was just kind of into it for like the sake of it. We could have just had like a lazy animal that just like was just like oh, like yeah. really like the antithesis to like Hammy, who's just like energetic yeah, exactly. and running around and will do anything. Yeah, exactly. That I could have seen Jason Segel in that type of role, like some type of. I mean, a sloth wouldn't really make sense for this situation. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> who else is in this movie? Um, well, Gary Shandling plays Vern. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't over. I wasn't a huge fan of that character. Maybe I, it I was just because it was a turtle. But the scenes where he was like getting thrown all over the place, kind of just like sat ah, strange with me. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's like, dude, like you're literally flying through the air. Well, like you didn't really like ever relate to him or root for him. Like he, it's one of those weird situations where he's actually right the whole time, but you still yeah. don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Usually which you is an feel odd, bad for those guys. Yeah. Which is a really odd. And yet at the same time, it's not like RJ played by Bruce Willis is a super charismatic person that you're like falling in love with. Like he wins over the other like animals yeah. within the story. But like you as the audience, you're like, you know, he's like just a shady operator and he only cares about himself. It's but, like, he like, doesn't like win you over. You they're kind of playing like, not ex- not the same roles, but like it's Woody and Buzz. Yeah. Which yeah. in that situation, you just end up liking both of them. This one, you're just kind of apathetic about both of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Nick Nolte is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays Vincent. I forget which character Vincent was. Um, I I think he was the uh, porcupine, maybe. I think so. Um, if my computer hadn't died, I'd. <laughs> That's really the big names that are in it. Um, yeah. No, there's uh, Hayden Church. Hayden Thomas Church. Hayden Church Thomas Hayden plays Church. Dwayne, that, Dwayne, the exterminator, I believe. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were a few names. I don't know. They're all like relatively big names. They were Allison probably bigger Janey, in 2006. Uh, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. Mm. Eugene Levy. Uh, he, played, he played the porcupine. Okay, right. He's uh, from Schitt's Creek. I've not seen it. Oh, I haven't watched a ton of it either, but it super it was a super successful sitcom over the last few right, years. Right, I've heard of it. Yeah, so he he was the dad in that show. Okay, so he's he's found a lot. He's kind of had a renaissance of popularity renaissance. over <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, you forget like these aren't people who are famous now aren't necessarily the big stars in this movie because it was made 
15 years like, ago. Avril Lavigne was probably... Well, it, was, it wasn't like, oh, that's funny, because that's Avril Lavigne. It, it was like, no, she's like actually popular right now. Like, she that's was a big git at the time. And now, she, I mean, <laughs> nothing against funny. her. She's just not <laughs> no, popular yeah, anymore. It's, she's one who very much stands out as a product of an era. Not something that, like, carries over particularly well. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> there is something to say... About the Disney touch, because this, this was a DreamWorks movie, not a not a Disney thing. And it's unfair to just compare any animated big movie to like Pixar, but it was kind of missing that like magic and that heart, I guess you could say. I could feel you. Yeah, I could feel the lack of passion. Mm. They're trying. It is. It's good enough. But do you think that any of the negative things we've said about it would? be true if bill murray had played rj i feel like that would have just added a ton i feel like that would have been huge it wouldn't have nothing against bruce willis no it wouldn't have fixed because he i mean he did fine but i don't think this is like written for someone like bruce willis Mm -hmm. i just like in just knowing that it was bill murray too would have just yeah added a lot of weight that would have carried a lot of it which i think that's what this movie was written to rely on was the charismatic person as the raccoon is leading him astray but mm. who knows well to to uh put it in terms of the movie we kind of took a a weed hacker <laughs> a, weed a 10 hacker volt weed hacker <laughs> not the weed hacker i'm the only person who probably notices stuff like that because <laughs> of my profession but <laughs> not i mean we didn't completely weed hack this this hedge but there were some things to pick about it. Yeah, I, I feel say. bad because we said some negative things. I did. We feel. I do want to like say. First time we've said negative things about anything, so we just. It's like a shot in the heart to both of us. I do. I. I did enjoy rewatching it. It was. It's interesting enough. Yeah, like, it keeps you there. <laughs> I like the cookie. <laughs> every time I'm there for it. Every time he says that, there, there's enough interesting things going on, even and, if it's yeah. not an overall great product. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. So, uh, a couple topics to get to as normal floodlight. So, three options. No, if they ask, and I'm going to make them, will you make your, will you, how will you present over the hedge to your kids someday? It's an if they ask, definitely for me. It's not something, it didn't stand out enough to me to have rewatched it many times Mm -hmm. over the years. I think that's a big indicator. Um, it plays well to a certain audience. Like I remember loving it when I was younger, but Mm -hmm. I don't really like, I I didn't enjoy any of the things about it on the rewatch that I did at that point. So I'm a hard no, hard no for the same reason that I was a no on hoodwink too. Not hoodwink the second, (laughs) which we haven't hoodwinked also, (laughs) but I I'd said no on hoodwink because of the coffee scene. (laughs) <laughs> i'm saying no to over the hedge because of the, the sugar scene drink. right and that's an interesting <laughs> i forgot to bring up that parallel yeah they yeah the the rodent who gets hyped up on an energy what drink. was the rodent's name in hoodwink twitchy twitchy and hammy are yeah. were pretty similar characters yeah but twitchy Pers- they just play up so much to the point that it's just absurd which yeah. is funny in and of itself he just talks so fast you don't know what's happening Hammy's more charismatic, you could say. For sure. But the idea of Twitchy is more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I wasn't even trying to bring up a parallel. I just, that's the right. I'm not showing my kids <laughs> just that because, because they're going to yeah. freak out. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. 
But so all right. for our uh, character comparison on the the Kronk scale, scale, yeah. All right, let's remind the people what we're working with here. All right, so last two floodlights we did uh, Emperor's New Groove and Hoodwinked, and we deemed Kronk the funniest character ever. If we find a funnier one, we'll replace it. We will replace it. But I have my doubts. I have my doubts on that being (laughs) possible as well. So Kronk right now is a 10 on our scale. And then from Hoodwinked, we gave the award for funniest character to the wolf, played by Patrick Warburton Mm -hmm. also. Crazy. Uh, And we ended up ranking him a 7. So right now our scale is 1 to 7, 7 being the wolf, and then 7 to 10, and then Kronk being the 10. So Ben, who do you think the funniest character in this movie was? I mean, I just in the actual movie itself, I knew who I'd pick. I just I, the idea of William Shatner being in the role he was was so funny to me. But if we're talking about the actual movie itself, I'm gonna have to go with Hammy. Steve Carell did such a good job with it, so I my vote would go to Hammy. I would say I was actually gonna vote for Oz, William Shatner's <laughs> character. I legitimately, I legitimately think he's the funniest character. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. We both have no, we, no. We have our different reasons for it. So, the fact that we the, both mentioned just the him. one line we I, we posted on the Twitter page, <laughs> just you lay down and die. <laughs> and he, he's just so consistently like, theat like so over the top theatrical. I I just find him the most enjoyable. Twitchy was it's a kids Hammy. movie, but Hammy. I remember I remember just loving Hammy. Like Hammy, I remember thinking yeah. Hammy was just the funniest thing ever. Hammy is a funny character, but I found, as an adult at least, I found his humor a little predictable, and it was mm-hmm. just like, uh, it never caught me off guard. Yeah. But, Not to uh, take anything away from Steve Carroll's job. I think I laughed overall more at things Hammy did, but I think I laughed harder at things Oz did. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll go We'll go with Oz. I'm going with quality over quantity. Okay. Yeah, You're we'll, not going to we'll, fight for Hammy? No, no. You you convinced me. I won you over. And I, I, the William Shatner thing. You were too, gonna do. It's yeah. too funny. You got it. Like with a movie like this, you got to have the cast into add the cast into. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Like if Bill Murray had been playing RJ, he probably would have been the funniest character. Right. Because oh, a lot yeah, of those lines delivered by Bill Murray would have been fantastic. Like yeah. when when uh, Hammy asked him, like, "You want to find, help me find my nuts?" And he's just like, "Very tempting." <laughs> like if Bill Murray had said that line, it would yeah, have been it's butt more sarcastic. <laughs> more complete dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so where does uh, Oz rank then? So we said, so we're saying Kronk is the ten. He's the standard. We put the wolf from Hoodwinked at a seven. Where does Oz fit? So I think. In choosing the funniest character, I took quality over quantity, but in this, you kind of have to go with both. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give him a super high ranking because it's not like a, it's not a very funny role like overall. Right. Um, but in terms of the movie, I think it's the funniest. But in terms of movies as a whole, especially compared to the other two, I'm going to give Oz two and a half. Two and a half? Not saying he's not funny, just right. on the scale no, of funniest yeah. characters in movies, he's going to be closer to the bottom. He has some very stiff competition to yeah. start with. Um, I, I would give him a two. Okay. On the scale, we'll um, we'll round down to two then, because you were more into it for you. You really liked a couple of his lines. I just think it's funny the character and the whole background of it. And they cast literally the perfect person for it. They did. That one they got right for sure. Yeah. And Wanda Sykes is the skunks. Yeah, that's, was, that's good. They, criminally underused, I would say. If she had been used appropriately, I, she could have easily been the funniest character in I this I remember movie. like literally two scenes that she's in. 
fluff ball. <laughs> um, so we're, we've got a two and a two and a half. I'll give you a two. We'll round down to two. Two, both twos. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. Feel, it's not being mean either. No. That's, no. It's it's honest. It's we're ranking funniest characters in the movie. <laughs> so like, he, he won the tournament. He just, you know, whatever. He won his conference. It's just a very weak conference. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sports ball analogies. Yo yo yo. <laughs> Any other thoughts on over the hedge? Oh man, I think I'm kind of tapped out. <laughs> I don't know how much you can draw to it. I wanted to use the weed hacker analogy earlier. You got that one in there pretty nicely. I respect yeah, I, that. I was gonna maybe like open with it, but that would have given too much away about the direction we were gonna go and critiquing it. So I do want to reemphasize that I did enjoy rewatching this. Yeah, movie. no, no, this isn't to say that we were like this was a miserable experience. It was interesting and it was entertaining. It's just not in the way. We first enjoyed this movie, yeah. you could say. Which, that's it's a key thing about entertainment. Is So, Brandon, if you were hoping that we would just <laughs> have a love fest over this movie, we're sorry. Sorry, we're, we weren't going to Emperor's New Groove this thing. <laughs> we're, we're fair, to say the least. <laughs> Not complete fanboys. <laughs> Which, it's good to know, too, because at first I was like, man, are we just, we just do we just love everything? Nope. <laughs> we can't throw, think critically. Throw yeah. all the hedge into it. <laughs> All right, but la- to say the least, I th- this movie was one or two things away from having been a very good movie. Right, I think. you could see where it was going. It for. was close. It just didn't quite. It just get shows there. you how important it is to hit all of your targets. Yeah, and, and when you're gonna have a huge ensemble cast like that, each one has to be mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, but with that, I think we're gonna take another little music break, and we'll be right back at you with some Waywa. Waywa. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around for another segment of Waywa. This week, uh, Ben has it. Ben, what are you watching? I am watching a show called Graceland. Rewatching is a better word for it. Oh, yeah? When's the first time you watched it? Uh, I believe the show was 2013. It originally aired in 2013. 13, 14, 15 range. Yeah. And I've watched it. I watched it originally. I watched it. I did a rewatch, and I'm on my third rewatch. But it's been a long time since the rewatch. It's been years. Okay. Um, watch. It is a USA show, but I'm. It looks a lot like Burn Notice. I'm watching. I'll get to the USA part in a minute. Um, but I'm watching it on Hulu. Uh, Got to give a shout out to the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN Plus bundle. Um, Are you subscribing to that? I recently subscribed I, to that. It's a very good deal. I really wish I was. To be I, I didn't know how much I was missing out with Hulu. Like. Who's who's great. who's Max, dude? Yeah. Veronica um, Mars, what's up? Give, <laughs> give a little plug to that. Um, but a USA show is interesting. How? Because you mentioned the burn notice thing, which is also USA. How many USA shows could you name? Like, uh, I actually did a USA show for Waywa a couple weeks ago. The Center was USA. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, but it's not a network you think of, you associate a lot with, right? Honestly, the only three I could say are Burn Notice, yeah. you, Graceland now, mm-hmm. and The Center. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like you're like, who watches this channel? I, I believe, I'm pretty sure Aziz Ansari has a joke about it. It's like, who watches Burn Notice? Like, <laughs> who's watching these USA shows? But like, I found like this show, Graceland, is such a gem 
and it's just buried where you like wouldn't expect it to be. Um, it basically it's it how on the surface seems like a procedural crime drama, FBI type thing, but it has some of the wackiest, wildest plot twists I have ever seen. It goes way beyond procedural stuff. Um, basically, the premise is um, it's just a group of like federal agents so it's some fbi dea and like customs people like agents living in this like beach house in los angeles and kind of like cross like crossing wires with work sometimes kind of working together um going after bad guys shutting down drug operations and all that stuff um it just kind of works it works as both a crime drama and as sort of like a house comedy slash drama type thing like a real world but with undercover dangerous agents yeah kind of um very light and very dark at the same time um the the chemistry between the cast is slaps as much as maybe any other chemistry i've ever seen it's really weird and a very unexpected place to find it more than new girl i don't it's, it's, it's apples and oranges okay um but like they mix so well, and like I'd never heard of any of these people before. I did not recognize a single person. Right, it's very bizarre. Um, there is a Karate Kid reference in the trailer. There though. is, yeah, yeah. Wax on, wax off. Um, Daniel Sunyata. Daniel San. <laughs> Two. <laughs> no, that's the name of the actor. Who? What the main oh, actor? Whatever. Um, Daniel Sunyata plays one of the most frustratingly complex characters I've ever seen. Not in like a good way, as in like I can't figure out what this guy's deal is. Very. He's odd. the main character. It's weird. The show doesn't quite have a main character. Like he's the top build person. He's like the star, you would say. But it it bounces around between all their stories, um, so much. Because he's definitely like the main presence in the trailer. Yeah, but but it's not like that whether in the show. he's the. Well, yes and no. It's very difficult to describe. So your your typical story arc you have is you have someone who kind of goes on a journey, someone who's not familiar with like the place they're entering. Mm-hmm. They go through this stuff. They get they go through challenges and everything. They do kind of have that character, but the story's not like as much about that. It's more about what this Daniel Sinyata character is pulling him along the whole time. Oh, and so- like working his own angles. Behind the scenes. So Daniel Sonata is not playing the character I thought he was. You'll have to find out. (laughs) You'll have to watch it on Hulu and find out. I just might. It sounds interesting. Once you start it, you'll be pretty roped in. Um, Not necessarily for the plot and everything. It's just the the cast is so likable. Okay. Um, I was going to ask, with shows like that, if the main character is likable, I can get into it. It's not a matter of the main character being likable. He's complex and he does a good job. Um, in his own right, but it's just the way the cast plays off each other. Um, Manny Montana, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he is, does a very good job. Sounds um, like a pop star. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, they're just, they're, they're, they're very likable at the beginning and they all get dragged through the dirt. How many seasons? It had three seasons and it got canceled. Oh, and so it, you don't... I don't think it was planning on getting canceled. So do you not know what happens? No, I, I've I've seen it all the way through. But like each time, does it end in a way that you like don't know what happens? Or like it ends it... in a way where you thought they were going to make more of it. 
Oh man, that's and it's a real bummer because I think they could have gone farther. It's just what how, I don't know how much fandom a show on USA like this is another. It sucks that that wasn't like going to bring in. It sucks that shows that that happened to weren't like Netflix originals now. Yeah, because Netflix doesn't care. They mm-hmm. they are so in debt. They put money into anything, so it probably would have gotten six seasons on Netflix. And like none of the people in this movie, I mean, in this show, have like done anything notable really. That's after except Pedro Pascal. Oh yeah, as a guest star oh, for okay. about half of the first season. Okay, and it seems like a show that he would probably be in. Yeah, and he's very consequential to the plot, um, but he's a temporary character, and I'll leave it at that. I love Pedro Pascal. He does a very good job, but he's the only one who really you would probably even recognize, mm-hmm. which is so interesting. Like, Even me? Yeah, I, I think so. Here. Now you'll, you'll, by some obscure reference, come up with someone, I'm sure. No, I don't know. I'm not as good at that as I <laughs> would like to be. But like I've enjoyed it like equally each time I've watched through, which there's something to say for that over the course of the years. Oh, Manny Montana's in the boys. Okay, all right. I think. Let me make sure. He just looks like the guy in the boys. Maybe. <laughs> he he really shines in this show. Uh, I don't yeah, think I, was I don't wrong. I don't think okay. Yeah. He just looks like the guy in the boys. They they weren't expecting him to have like a huge role, but I think he's one of those people who. They got on screen and they realized he like carried a lot of the weight. Who else we got? Um, Sorinda Swan mm-hmm. looks familiar. She was in the. Um, she was in this very short-lived Marvel show. Inhumans is what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, but I I think it like flopped. Really yeah, it, bad. it really did. People were pissed because they're a really interesting facet of Marvel comics. Kind of like it's it kind of it's kind of x-men-esque mm-hmm. kind of thing like its own little faction um she played medusa one of the main yeah characters and um yeah that was disappointing yeah she's more of a side character in this but does a good job i probably didn't recognize anyone else i'm sure oh no, yeah it got pretty slim <laughs> yeah no, I'd, I'd recommend it uh 100 you'll it's one of those you'll probably binge once you start so maybe i'll check it out i just finished cobra kai so yeah i, I was gonna that. say if you're in cobra kai you might want to let that run its course first but i honestly might just keep re-watching cobra kai. <laughs> fair enough and we didn't even tease what we were gonna do now would be a good time to tease i didn't do cobra kai for Wa because we're gonna do a whole karate kid episode one of these oh one of us has to get caught up first though i also want to watch the movies but <laughs> You gotta let me finish them and give them back to you first. Yeah, geez. You only have one more. Yeah. Unless you want to watch the fourth one. No. No idea what to expect from the third one. I actually call it Karate Kid 4. Hmm. Just so you know. Well, that answers your question about whether you consider it part of... The question you asked me about whether you consider it part of I, the whole... I actually knew my answer to the question. <laughs> I don't actually... I don't consider it part of the canon. I just call it Karate Kid 4. Yeah. Because I love Jackie Chan. Check it out. Check but out. is that is that it? Is that it for yeah. the pod? Check out all this stuff. Give give over the hedge a, wa- a watch. It's on HBO Max. What did you watch it on? I just rented it on YouTube like a doofus. What's wrong with that? <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, this was a fun podcast to make. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, stay safe out there on your journey to watch everything. We're never gonna get there, but have fun <laughs> along the way. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Good night.